Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. You're listening to Blue Jays Nation Radio with Cam Lewis and Tyler Uremchuk, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts, Episode 190 of Blue Jays Nation Radio, as always, brought to you by Botano, recently named the 2023 EGR Brand of the Year. The game starts now at Botano.ca19+. Please play responsibly, Coomzy. It has been a hot minute since we did an episode of Blue Jays Nation Radio. And while there's not exactly a lot going on in the baseball world, there's still a lot for us to talk about. A lot of rumors is my point. There's a lot of speculation, a lot of things that might happen, a lot of hypothetical situations that we can talk about. But to this point, it's been a really slow offseason. I don't think there should be that much surprise given this is the winter of Shoei Otani and that's the big domino to fall. Nothing significant is going to happen until he ultimately decides where he's going to sign. So we're just chugging along here. We're just thinking about what may or may not happen. Yeah, um, we'll talk about a bunch of things that haven't happened yet. And a lot of that speculation, Ross Atkins spoke at a press conference or had a press conference the other day. Um, so we're going to break down everything he said. And there was actually a decent amount of really intriguing things coming out of Ross Atkins mouth. Um, but let's maybe start with a few things that have happened and we'll push that out of the way first. Uh, Matt Chapman was the only free agent to be issued a qualifying offer. He declined. Um, what do you think the chances are that there's a reunion here between the Jays and Chapman? Because, I mean, one month into last year, it was like, oh my God, they're not going to be able to afford this guy. By the end of the season, it was like, oh, do they even want to bring him back? Where do you come out on Chapman? Yeah, we've, we've really gone back and forth on this a few times. Like you said, in, in, in the month of April, he was the MVP of baseball. He looked like he was the best player offensively, defensively, and looked, wow, Matt Chapman's easily going to command a deal north of $150 million, which is, of course, what George Springer signed for a couple of years ago. And, I mean, given the way things ended for Matt Chapman with the finger injury, the play in September, it, it kind of looked like, well, this guy's going to lose a bunch of money. But then you look at the free agent market, and Otani's the big name whoever misses out on Otani if you want a left-handed bat it's Cody Bellinger and then right there with Bellinger as the second or third best position player free agent is Matt Chapman and I mean there's going to be a team out there probably whether it's the Yankees maybe it's there's been talk about the San Francisco Giants there's a handful of teams out there that need a good third baseman and they'll be willing to pay the money but what the Blue Jays are doing right now it looks like they're playing a long game and they're kind of hoping to see look if Matt Chapman doesn't get the contract that he wants maybe we can sign into the contract that we want later on because you know the Blue Jays would like to keep Matt Chapman around but I don't think they're going to pony up 150 mils for it they they did apparently 
offer him a contract extension might have been before the season, during the season. I'm not sure. I think it was Scott Mitchell of TSN that was reporting that. They had offered him a contract closer to $100 million, obviously well short of the 150 projection. But hey, look, if, 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 if winter goes along and Chapman remains unsigned, maybe they can get him back for closer to that number. But I, I, I personally don't see it. I think the Jays are going to try and make a different splash elsewhere, but never say never. Yeah, and again, we'll talk about what some potential different splashes could be a little bit later on in the pod. There are other options out there aside from Chapman, too, if you were to miss out on them. Like Jimer Candelario or Heimer Candelario is another name that's been interesting. Um, he's been popping up in the rumor mill here and there. Uh, but sticking with the Jays and players who could or could not return, um, other free agents, Kevin Kiermaier, Whit Merrifield, Jordan Hicks, Jay Jackson, Brandon Belt, Hunjin Ryu, uh, they're all on the open market right now. I think. Like with Ryu and just based off, not to get jump to this too quick, based off what Atkins has been saying about Manoa, I think they probably feel confident enough going into next year with Manoa as their number five, which probably means the end for Hunjin Ryu in Toronto. That's not entirely surprising. I would be surprised if guys like Belt, Merrifield, and Kiermaier are back next year. The one name out of those six that I listed is Jordan Hicks. I think that should be the priority for them to keep the back end of their bullpen solidified with Hicks and Romano. Um, I think he'll be the one that returns, if any. Do you disagree with me on that? Do you see another name on that list that you're like, ah, they, they should probably go get that guy? Yeah, if I had to go in order of who I think is most likely to come back, I'd say Hicks and Jay Jackson would be the top two because there's always space for relievers. See how the market plays itself out. You know, Hicks might wind up getting a huge contract to be a swingman starter somewhere else, which is that was the report when he was in St. Louis. He wants to be a starter. So possibly gets that somewhere else or maybe the Jays of the team to give him that. You never know. Like last offseason, they gave a creative contract to Chad Green. That's one we'll touch on in a minute. And I mean, I don't know, maybe they can do something with Jordan Hicks based on starts, innings pitched, who knows, but I would say those are the two most likely to come back. The other ones were, you know, veteran stop gap options that are, are, are there to kind of fill the spot until somebody else takes it. Like Kiermaier is there to be the veteran to teach Dalton Varsho how to be the great center fielder. And Varsho is going to be that center fielder next year. Then there's names like Barger, Relvis Martinez, Davis Schneider, uh, Spencer Horowitz are going to fill in the Merrifield, Kiermaier and belt spots. Um, with Hinjin Ryu, that's an interesting one. Like I, I don't think the three, position players will be back. I think Brandon Belt probably retires. Kiermaier and Merrifield have been getting interest elsewhere. The Red Sox, the Yankees. Ryu's an interesting one because, I mean, I don't know. He was solid for the Jays when he came back from Tommy John surgery, and they do need some back-end depth. But again, there's look at the pitching market and what mid-level names are starting for, what the St. Louis Cardinals have paid to basically build a starting rotation. There's going to be a team out there that pays Hyunjin Ryu more than the Blue Jays are interested in paying him at this point, I would imagine. So I think of all those names, I agree with you. The, the two relievers are the ones most likely to come back. Yeah, uh, the Ryu idea is interesting because you did mention, you know, the starting pitching market is the one that's kind of started to move a little bit here over the last little bit. The Cardinals just pounced on the three guys they wanted and got it done early. It's going to be an easy winter, rest of the winter for them. Uh, Lance Lynn, Kyle Gibson and Sonny Gray for St. Louis. Last year, the, the Cardinals problem was that they were just painfully average. And I look at those three like Sonny Gray had a great season. Lance Lynn didn't have a great year. Kyle Gibson is good. Is I'm torn on Muncher, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they underwhelming. Just, it feels a little underwhelming for a team that like really needs to take a big leap forward next yeah. year. I wonder if maybe they didn't really want a guy like an Aaron Nola, or they didn't really want to swing big on a trade 
and got shot down on all those fronts. And we're like, okay, screw it. Let's just go pluck these three guys off, pay them whatever they want, and we're good. Well, maybe they have a trade in mind for a starting pitcher. And there's been talk about this. Should we, should we get to that now or should we wait? Let's do it. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Yeah, there's, uh, there's been speculation that this, the, the Toronto Blue Jays and St. Louis Cardinals might meet up for a fourth trade of 2023. They, of course, made three trades during the regular season. And now there's all this speculation that Alec Manoa might be the name that they're looking for to fill out their starting pitching staff. Though, of course, like we said, they've already added three guys. So that might be out the window. But the, the Cardinals have... We, we, we talked about this all winter last year. This was the big thing. The Cardinals, the Cardinals, the Cardinals. They have all these outfielders, you know, Dylan Carlson, Tyler O'Neill, whoever it winds up being. But I don't think the, the Jays are necessarily in a rush to trade Manoa. This isn't like, a, okay, like he had a bad year. Things went ugly. We want to get him out of here. This is, look, if, if, if somebody wants to pay for a starting pitcher who was, you know, a top three Cy Young fi uh, finisher a, a couple of years ago, then sure, go for it. But we're not selling low on this guy. I think that's sort of the what, what's going on here. The idea of moving a pitcher for an outfielder makes sense when you look at the Jays 40 man. Like right now they have Springer, Varsho, Nathan Lucas are the three guys on their website listed as outfielders on the 40 man. And then, of course, you know, David Schneider, Kevin Biggio, they can play out there. But I don't know if the Jays are going to be relying on those guys as everyday outfielders. The idea of doing that trade makes sense. I am just and we've I've made this point multiple times on the show, and I know you're going to agree with me. The idea of just selling off Manoa right now while his value is shit, just I, I can't get behind that, especially when you have a hole in the fifth spot in your rotation. Like you will have a use for him. He's not the sixth guy in your rotation next year. Yeah, I said this exact same thing last time, and I'll probably continue saying it all off season, which is that at this stage right now, you're probably not going to win the Manoa trade that you make because and and I referenced the there was a uh, a post by Shai Davidi that went up this morning on Sportsnet where he kind of summarized what Ross Atkins talked about during that press conference. And one of the quotes was that the Blue Jays are telling teams, view Manoa as who he was following the 2022 season as opposed to the one who was, of course, optioned down to the Florida Complex League and basically just didn't finish off the season in 2023. That's what the Jays are saying. You're not getting a buy low project here. And, and I think for the Jays, just given how expensive starting pitching is, Aaron Nola, seven years, 170 million. The Jays were said to be in on that, but you already have a starter internally here, a starter who has a chip on his shoulder, a starter with a lot to prove, a starter who just went through a difficult year and, of course, is going to be very motivated to be better next year. And I just, I just don't see Manoa having more value to the Jays in a trade than just keeping him and hoping that he bounces back and, and becomes who he used to be. Speaking of that Aaron Nola deal, you see him sign with that $170 million price tag. Does that not just make you love the Kevin Gosman deal yeah. even more and more? Like what great value the Jays are getting with that guy. All of those deals, man, the Kevin Gosman five years, 110 looks ridiculous. You say Kikuchi at 12 million per year. Now 36 million all told now just looks like a steal. I remember when that deal was signed and we made all these jokes. Oh, look at that. This random number five starter is getting Connor McDavid money. And then now you look at what, what, what a number three, four five, whatever on the open market is going to command. Nola didn't even have a good year last year. And there was other teams interested in signing him for more than the Phillies signed him for. I think it was Atlanta or the Dodgers. Somebody like that was, 
getting up north towards 180, 190 million. And he took less to resign with the Phillies. And, and you see that and you're like, wow, the Jays did really well on even Barrios, Jose Barrios. That was one where, where, where people were skeptical after his bad year. Like, oh, why'd you lock this guy up? That looks great. Now, Chris Bassett last winter, too, looked like a pretty big number at $20 million a year. But now it doesn't look quite so bad. That's, uh, I guess, why you get guys locked up for multiple years. Yeah, seven years, 131 for Burrios, five years, 110 for Kevin Gosman. Like, you look at some of the deals getting handed out, and you got to applaud Ross Atkins for the way he's rounded up this rotation. It is nice to be going into a winter as a Jays fan and not being like, oh my God, what are they going to do in the rotation? Where are they going to find another arm? Like, it feels incredibly solid, as it should. They've obviously spent a lot over the last number of winters, but it's paying off right now, I think, when you look at the way the market's going and how solidified. The Toronto Blue Jays are to the point where Atkins said at his press conference, they're in a position now where they may be able to subtract from their pitching depth, maybe not from the MLB roster, maybe not Alec Manoa, maybe a little bit lower down, but to address needs elsewhere. Again, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, just some roster stuff taken care of. Adam Simber was non-tendered by the Jays. That's not surprising. I mean, he didn't pitch a ton last year. He struggled when he did early on in the season. And then Mitch White and Adam Mako were added to the 40-man roster. Adam Mako, friend of the show, um, ahead of the Rule 5 draft. The Mitch White one is kind of interesting because I think, you know, if, if you're keeping him on the 40-man, you probably have plans to use him in the majors next year. Yeah, because that was the the whole situation last year was that Mitch White didn't have options. So he had to be on the 26-man active roster. And then he would go out there and he would struggle. And the Jays finally designated for him for assignment. I think it was in order to open up the roster spot for Ryu when he came back from Tommy John. And and Mitch White went down to AAA Buffalo and pitched really well. His strikeouts went way up. His walks went way down. And it was absolutely justified to add him to the 40-man. Now you have Manoa, Mitch White, and I don't know, Ricky Tiedemann names like that in there in the mix for the number five starter. Mitch White's just depth. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be shocking if maybe he's used in a deal this offseason, though. I mean, let's be real. He did just clear through waivers in August, so kind of hard to say with that. Adam Macca was really the only actual prospect that the Jays have that's Rule 5 draft eligible that needed to be protected from it. That's you know a name really worth talking about. Of course, he was the player that came back along with Eric Swanson and Teoscar Hernandez deal last winter, last November. Um, a bunch of the other players the Jays had that were Rule 5 eligible already got traded away like the the deals they made with the cardinals adam klaffenstein sem reverse the those pitchers they were rule five eligible so it kind of explains why the jays were comfortable trading the prospects they were in season there really isn't a big name of a big list of rule five names i mean they might lose someone but it's not a name anywhere towards the top of the prospect list. So, and then with Simber, there was, there really wasn't any, any surprise there. There was some thought that some other names might get non-tendered, maybe a Santiago Espinal, maybe a Trevor Richards, but those players don't have, you know, they're not going to earn a tremendous amount in arbitration and they're, they're perfectly fine depth players, the players that might get DFA'd or traded as the winter goes along for 40 man roster spots. But Simber really was the one where it seemed like, okay, like the, the Jays are going to cut bait. He spent most of the year on the 60 day injured list. When he was injured, there was no never really any talk about him coming back. So that's, that's not really all too surprising. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, I, I like the point you made about Espinal and Richards. Like, I mean, are they going to be major pieces on this team next year? In all likelihood, probably not. But keep those guys around as depth. It's cheap enough to do it. You're a rich organization. I like that the Jays are kind of acting like it and not pinching pennies right now. So 38 of 40 spots filled on the 40 man roster for the Jays as they head into, I mean, what should be a busier month of December? Like, I don't know. I guess it's always tough to tell. I always remember that one year with Harper where we were like well into the new year and like still nothing was going on. I don't, think we're going to be waiting that long like i feel like just again reading insiders and doing all of that kind of stuff it feels like teams are starting to make some pushes on guys like do you think we'll have a busy december or do you think we'll be sitting here as the calendar turns to 2024 going oh there's still nothing going on yeah i don't know this is a this is a weird one like i said earlier it all really comes down to when Shohei otani makes his decision and there's a lot of fingers pointing a lot of suggestions saying that this will happen during the winter meetings, which I think began on Sunday of this week and, and go on for a few days next week. Usually that is when things pick up. There usually are more things that happen in November before that. But the, the winter meetings are the time when things start to go. And I think it was last year the Jays made a big-ish move right after the winter meetings, I think is when they signed Bassett. But by this point, they'd already made the trade, the, the Teoscar Hernandez trade to Seattle, the um, Guriel moreno Varsho Arizona trade. That came shortly before Christmas. So it was three moves last year by the Blue Jays in November and December before the, the calendar turned to, to, to 2023. And we got those additions like Brandon Belt, guys like that. I think Kiermaier might have been December as well. So the pattern usually is things start to move a lot more in December. But again, like I said, it all comes down to Otani. If he doesn't sign somewhere at the winter meetings and he does the Bryce Harper thing and he you know doesn't sign until January, February, then you know only so much is going to happen. And that, that, that is what it comes down to. All right, let's talk about Shohei Otani then. Let's dig into it a little bit because it feels like every second day there's a different MLB insider who just sprinkles the Blue Jays into the conversation. I know we had Passing the other day saying Dodgers, Rangers, Blue Jays. And it was like, whoa, why are the Jays getting mentioned with those two? Like that made it seem like they were a front runner. A lot of uh, insiders are calling them a dark horse. I know Ben Nicholson Smith said the other day, he said his quote was still even an optimistic reading would likely position the Blue Jays as a dark horse behind the Dodgers, Giants, Rangers and Cubs and ahead of most others. What's interesting about this, because I mean, obviously we're biased in all of this. We hear the Jays mentioned once and we're like, damn it, they have a chance. 
But it's multiple insiders saying it. It's not just the Ben Nicholson Smiths and the Shai Davides in Toronto. It's the national guys like Rosenthal and Passan who are connecting the Jays to Otani. And when you hear it and then you start to think about it, you kind of go like, it makes sense for him to view Toronto as a nice destination. It does. Like we we've talked about this before and then, and the fit does make all kinds of sense. I mean, Otani of course is having the, the, the arm surgery this off season and will not pitch in 2024. The plan is for him to be back in 2025 pitching. The Jays don't need a pitcher in 2024. They need a big bat in 2024. So Otani is their big lefty DH that they need. There's no rush for him to come back and pitch right away. They, they have the facility in Dunedin. They have all of that um, to help them come back and pitch effectively. The Jays, is in to their credit while they they've been frustrating recently the one thing they've done really well is 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 develop their pitchers and i mean you know you have a guy like robbie ray coming from arizona and then winning the cy young gosman signs here and he's been fantastic bassett had a great season jose barrios and yusei kikuchi had terrible years and then rebounded the the jays staff when it comes to coaching pitching everyone involved the you know pete walker uh, the analytics department, everyone that's involved in it, they do well. So it makes sense that Otani would see this and be like, you know what? Yeah, like um, this is a team that can get the best out of me pitching. And I also hit nukes here. I also got like a 14, 1500 OPS playing at the Rogers Center in my career. And last year was an aberration, but usually it's a hitter friendly ballpark. So Joey Otani could play in Toronto and have some monster offensive seasons because I don't know, there's been a lot of talk where for Otani, it's like, you know, you're going to make an obscene amount of money you're going to sign the biggest contract in baseball history at some point you know there's obviously going to be other priorities and uh, you know you have to wonder for him like is one of your priorities winding up undoubtedly as the best player of all time and and what will have to go into that with your pitching and with your hitting and Toronto's an advantageous market but then again like so so are the LA Dodgers they've they've won the division what like 10 of the last 11 years, something like that. They're always a contender. Um, the Giants, I don't think they're a great spot for Otani because it's more of a pitcher-friendly park, and that's going to hurt his offense. The Cubs, yeah, sure, they're in there, but they haven't really been in the playoffs lately. They didn't even make it last year in a pretty weak National League pitcher. So, look, I mean, I don't know. I don't think it's crazy that the Jays are in the mix here. I don't think it will wind up happening, but the fact that they are being mentioned among these teams, maybe it is a little bit of clickbait fodder just to get Canadians who love rumors like, you know, uh, the Canadian baseball fans are largely hockey fans and we all love rumors and speculation. So we clicked like crazy when things like this happen. And there is talk like this, but look, the Jays need to make a big splash this winter. They're, they're trying to sell these premium tickets and there's no easier way to make a splash than signing the, the coolest, most exciting best player in baseball. And Ned Rogers has the money to do it. The fit makes sense. I don't think this is bullshit. I think they are in the mix. I don't know if it'll happen. I, I'd be shocked if he signed anywhere other than the LA Dodgers, but the fact they're in the mix is positive. 10 years ago, they wouldn't have been. Yeah. And I think that that is a good point, too. It speaks to ownership being ready to spend. Atkins, when talking about that, said, quote, we're one of the few markets, I believe, that has the ability to be nimble. He was referencing having the go ahead from ownership to spend on the right players. When asked about Otani, he didn't really dig into it too much. But he said, quote, we have an incredible opportunity here. The city, the country the support of ownership, the winning environment, the renovations, like obviously every ownership group is incentivized to go spend on a guy like Otani. But when you think about Rogers specifically, one, the point they're at, you mentioned needing to sell expensive premium tickets next year. 
dude, season tickets shoot through the roof if you get a guy like Shohei Otani. And also the TV market, right? Like the Jays have that very unique national TV audience that they own the rights to directly. It is a Rogers company. They have a lot of incentive to go spend on this guy. And the idea that even if they don't win with Otani, just bringing him in the mix and the buzz it creates instantly across the country, they make back a lot of that money in pretty short order, I believe. So it would make sense that ownership is just saying to Atkins, yeah, do whatever it takes. And I also found another Ben Nicholson Smith article interesting where he talked about how teams could get creative in recruiting Otani, talking about his translator and coaches that follow him around. Maybe you offered those guys lucrative deals and be like, look, show, hey, we're not just going to take care of you. We're taking care of everyone in your camp as well. Talked about giving him opt outs if your team's not or if your team goes below 500 in back to back years, Otani can opt out at any point. Guarantee him that you will stay competitive. I just don't see a reason why the Jays couldn't be incredibly creative like that in getting this guy. So I'm starting to get excited about it. And I'm worried that I'm setting myself up to be bitterly disappointed, but it would be probably this. I don't think it's insane to say it would be the single biggest transaction in Canadian sports history. Like, oh, yeah, it would, it would turn the entire country into diehard Blue Jays fans. Yeah, it would. It would. It would be like this would be essentially the offseason version of the, the, the 2015 trade deadline. Imagine getting Tulo and David Price and squeezing them into one guy. And that was a free agent acquisition like that. That's kind of what's going on here. And then it would. It would it would give the Blue Jays the goodwill they've lost over the past year and a half, say, with the letdown against Seattle, the blown lead, and then, you know, getting rid of some fan favorites in the offseason, running it back with a different style, getting swept then by the Twins. Like, two teams you really shouldn't be losing to in the playoffs, two teams that never win in the playoffs. Like, not really ideal. So, the like 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 we've said, the Jays have to make a big move this offseason to, to get goodwill back from a lot of their fans. And, look, if... if 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 there's all this smoke about Otani and they come up short in Otani, fine. It's I think it, it's it, it is what it is. Like the LA Dodgers are such a, a such a perfect fit for him. If they wind up not getting him, fine. But look, if you convinced ownership to earmark all this money for an Otani contract north of five hundred million dollars, surely then will you still have that available for different names, names like Yamamoto names, like Juan Soto, Cody, Cody Bellinger, like the Jays aren't just in on it's Soto or bust. We got to make this or sorry, Otani or bust. We have to make this huge move. They're in on everyone. So if they miss out on Otani, if slash when I really do hope that there's a quick pivot to getting somebody else close to as exciting. I hope it isn't just, ah, you know, Otani signed with the Dodgers. Nah, you know, let's go fill up our depth with, with, with okay players like Candelario and then, you know, a number five starter and a reliever, like no one's going to be excited about that. They have to do something. Well, the interesting part along those lines is that Atkins comes out and says the Jays aren't avoiding rentals and there are intriguing rentals on the market. Alex Bregman's name has popped up over the last little bit as a guy who could be available. You talk about the Jays having an opening at third base and it's like, well, yeah, shit, that would make a ton of sense. Bring them here. George Springer's here as well, right? Recreate the little Houston connection. But Juan Soto's the name, right? Um, That's the one everyone's talking about. It sounds like, again, just reading the insiders and what they've been saying that it's a lock this dude's getting traded. San Diego's going to rejig things a little bit, and it starts with moving Soto, who, I mean, he's been in the news so much throughout his career, and now that he's been traded once already, you forget just how young he still is. Um, Soto would be an interesting fit, and I don't think it's something, because this is what people jumped at. It was like, oh, hey, Bichette for Soto. 
it's not going to cost that much to get Juan Soto. You're not going to have to give up a superstar level player like Bo Bichette. I know we had a piece up on the site about like it could cost you a good major leaguer, an A, a B and a C prospect. Like this isn't an insane haul that the Padres are going to get. Yeah, no, this is the whole reason the Padres made the big, big trade to get Soto two and a half years before free agency. This was during the 2022 season. And of course, now he's eligible to hit free agency after 2024. So this will be his last go around at at, at arbitration. I think he's projected to earn like $33 million. And this is the reason the Padres made that trade a few years ago. So that if things do go south, then you can shoot him off somewhere else and try and recoup some value. They're obviously not going to get anywhere near what they they gave the Nationals to get him in the first place. Uh, former MLB general manager Jim Bowden said in The Athletic that he thinks because the Padres don't have any leverage, it's realistic to think in a best case scenario, they'd be able to acquire an average major league player, a top three to top seven prospect ranking within an organization, a top 12 to top 15, and then a lower prospect depending, you know, the strength of the, the, strength of the system, right? So if you're trading Soto to a team that has the best prospect system in baseball, the deepest system, a Tampa Bay Rays type system, then yeah, it's not going to require as much. But if the Jays were making a trade, then yeah, it might acquire some more. So I kind of went through and looked, okay, what would match up top three to top seven, top 12, top 15 roster player. And I landed on Alec Manoa as the roster player or Elvis Martinez pitching prospects, Chad Dallas and Adam Mako. That's, that's kind of what I came up with as, as my Juan Soto based on Jim Bowden's thing. I don't know how accurate, that is like the thing with with talking about these prospects and who's going to go in a big trade like this is we don't know what 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 a given organization really values or what they really care about it's not as simple as going and being like oh this guy's ranked number 30 on baseball america and he had a three era there's there's a whole bunch of other shit now that people are worried about spin rate and velocity and x y and z that's that's you know more in depth than it ever used to be so who knows there could be prospects the Padres love in the Blue Jays system and this just works but honestly the the, the thing that I kind of circle back to is if you've earmarked five to six hundred million dollars for Otani and doesn't work out then why not just go and trade for Juan Soto and view him as kind of the bat version of Otani go 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 trade for and sign Soto and get a pitcher and you're basically recreating Otani in the aggregate it was kind of like last year when they wanted to sign Cody Bellinger didn't work out you went and got Kiermaier and Belt two two similar players that if you mix them into one guy it's Cody Bellinger right like so if, if it doesn't work out with Otani that's that's the direction I'd hope the Blue Jays go I think Juan Soto is the second biggest game changer on the market this this winter and if you don't get Soto, then you check down to Bellinger. And if you don't get Bellinger, then you're probably screwed. <laughs> no, we just don't play baseball next year. And we yeah, stop doing yeah. the podcast. We stop watching. And we pretend this never happened. Let's talk quickly about the Bobachette rumors as well, because that got really interesting for a bit. I know Scott Mitchell from TSN kind of came out and said, I wouldn't be surprised if it happened like this winter. Ah, maybe, maybe not. But at some point, Bobachette will be traded by the Toronto Blue Jays. Maybe not this winter. Maybe it's next winter, whatever. But he made the point of if you don't believe he wants to sign here long term, cashing in on his value makes a lot of sense. And I understand that. But the unique position the Jays are in is that they're clearly in a win now mode. They have this rotation that is, you know, on the older side, I think is fair. It's not like they have a bunch of guys who are in their first or second years and are up and coming like these are established veterans trading Bo Bichette right now. Well, sure, you could be like, we're capitalizing on his value. Trading Boba Shed for, uh, for magic beans and prospects hurts you significantly next year. You're trading your best bat. 
I never thought it made sense. And I was comforted to hear that Ross Atkins kind of seems to believe he said Bo is their shortstop moving forward. But he did say, you know, teams are calling. Teams are always calling. I don't think that should be entirely surprising. But the idea of moving Bo, did it ever make sense to you or are you in the same boat as me? Yeah, I don't I don't think this makes a tremendous amount of sense. Like the logic behind it. I mean, we just talked about Soto and you can kind of see how the player value, of course, decreases with years of control. We all laugh at Ross Atkins and his years of control thing from 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 the past. But it's it's true. Like Juan Soto with two and a half years left of control when he was a national was able to command X and now he's able to command Y in a trade. But Blue Jays aren't in the position the Padres are in. They didn't just miss the playoffs and have a spectacular letdown. They still made the playoffs. They were still in. They were. They still had a fine season. And I don't think you really go out after a season like that and move a bow or a Vladdy, a fan favorite player, players where many fans have the jersey of that player after this season where you're trying to sell a bunch of tickets. I mean, it is hypothetically possible that you go out and you sign Shohei Otani, say, and then given that five, $600 million commitment, and you recognize, okay, I can't sign Bo or Vlad. This just isn't going to happen. We'll move them for prospects, move them for some younger roster players, that kind of thing. Maybe flip those roster players and get a pitcher, get a Juan Soto, something like that. I think it could make a little bit of sense in that context if it was part of more bigger moves. But then again, with Bo, who's going to play shortstop then? Are you like, there's no one on the open market. The The open market for shortstops is so bad that earlier, I think it was in like late October, early November, when Major League Baseball was showing like a, a field map of the top position or the top player at each position in free agency. Paul DeYoung was the number one shortstop and he already has a deal with the Chicago White Sox. So like, who are the Jays going to go out and get to be their shortstop if it's not Bo? It doesn't make any sense. Like, yes, it does make sense that like this right now is is going to probably be the highest point of trade value he ever has. But Jays also need their all-star shortstop in order to be competitive. He's so hard to replace. And there's a reason the LA Dodgers and the Chicago Cubs are asking for him because they just can't go out and get a player that good. And that's just the way that it is. I, I, I think this was largely just, it was Thanksgiving in the States. There wasn't much to talk about. Throw a Blue Jays rumor out there. We're not celebrating Thanksgiving up North. So we'll all talk about it and we'll drive traffic. I think that's largely what it was. The, there's no doubt that teams have reached out about Bo and Vlad. And why wouldn't they? You, you, from another team's perspective, I've, I've written this on the website multiple times. From another team's perspective, if you're, whoever, and you look at the Blue Jays and you see back-to-back sweeps in the wild card round. Both these guys are two years from free agency. Neither has been locked up. There hasn't been a tremendous amount of talk about locking them up. If you're another team, you can understand why Ross Atkins might be in retool seller mode. But just given the context with the Renos and all of that, there's just no way. The only way I could see it is there's got to be like a Shoei Otani level addition if they're going to trade Bo or Vlad. Or yeah, like you have Otani in the bag and you're sitting there going, okay, we also want to go get Soto. So we got to go move someone, whoever it ends up being, Vladdy or whatever. I I mean, trading Bo doesn't make sense because he's your best player. Trading Vladdy this winter doesn't make sense because he's coming off a down season. And again, this is similar-ish to Manoa. We're like, now's not the time to trade Vladimir Guerrero Jr. You wait and see if he can have a 35 home run season next year, rebuild his star status, and then trade him next winter and you'll still get a lot if you don't think you can sign him long-term. But I just think, again, with the renovations, needing to sell a lot of expensive tickets next year, going and moving one of the two clear-cut fan favorites in Toronto just doesn't make a lot of sense. Even if the diehards listening to this are like, I don't think Vladdy is ever going to be a star. I think Vladdy is an average power, first baseman, whatever. 
you got to remember the casual fans out there that are going to be buying a ton of tickets. They're going to sit there and go, what the hell? They traded that Vladimir Guerrero yeah. Jr. I'm not, I'm not going to the games next year or whatever. So I think business wise, you got to keep them. I think baseball wise, it makes sense to keep both of them. And that's just why I never really took a ton of stock into what was being said there. Um, but we'll see what ends up happening here with the Jays because obviously everyone is focused on Shohei Otani. But there are some interesting checkdowns with guys like Juan Soto. Even a guy like Alex Bregman would obviously come with a lot of fanfare. And he's still a damn good ball player as well. And he would fit in perfectly in the spot that Matt Chapman would be gone. So we'll see. We shall see. Yeah, Bregman, there was a really funny thing. It was, uh, uh, I think it was Dr. Internet that found this on Twitter. Uh, Bregman was asked by um, John Boy, the, the John Boy Media Group, uh, during the season, what his dream infield would be playing with. And that involved uh, Bo Bichette, Marcus Samian, and Vladimir Guerrero Jr., which is just the 2021 Blue Jays. <laughs> so uh, Alex Bregman's dream is to be on the 2021 Blue Jays, also reunite with his buddy George Springer. So yeah, maybe it makes a ton of sense. Um, the, the Dodgers are, sorry, the Astros though, have just, they've been comfortable just letting guys walk in free agencies. Springer left, Correa left. I imagine they'll just let Bregman leave and they'll just kind of continue the wheel. That seems to be what a lot of the, I guess, elite teams have been doing. There aren't that many, like, look at the Dodgers. They, 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 they did the long-term contracts for Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman, but Corey Seager was let go. They didn't re-up Bellinger. A lot of the teams just when, when their stars reach free agency are just letting them go, which I, which I think is interesting. Cause you can always just spend and get new ones in free agency yeah. and let your kids come up and fill the spots and whatnot. It's interesting that you mentioned just the wheel in Houston, right? Because they let guys like Craig go and then a guy like Pena shows up and it's like, Oh yeah, they're like totally fine. Same thing with Springer. I mean, I know it doesn't quite line up, but like, Oh no, we lost George Springer. Oh yeah. Jordan Alvarez is like a superstar player. Like we're going to be fine. We still have him to DH and take care of the bat and whatever. Um, all right, Coombsy, that's going to be a wrap on episode 190 presented by Botano. If news breaks, any sort of significant news around the Jays, we'll have a podcast ASAP. If any big news breaks around baseball, we'll be doing some episodes as well centered around the winter meetings. But hopefully we get some news soon. And yes, we can promise that if the Jays land Otani, we'll do like a four hour episode of the podcast. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll do something special if they do something exciting. And if they don't, then I don't know. We'll, we'll probably be back for more in December. I think it'll be a busier December. I do. I'm hopeful. <laughs> We can only hope that'll do it for episode 190. Thanks for tuning in. Remember, hit the subscribe button and go over and check out our YouTube page as well. Hit the subscribe button there. We'll chat with you again in December, everybody. Best wishes. Thanks for tuning in to Blue Jays Nation Radio. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.